This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Danny Parkin Show. He's coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. My name is Danny Parkins. Thanks for listening to the show, spending the end of your weekend with me. Great NFL Sunday capped by, to many, a stunning loss by the New England Patriots. They were only a three-point favorite on the road. I thought New England was going to win, I'll be honest, but I was bullish on the Ravens this year. I bet their over-win total for the season. Thought they'd win double-digit games this year. Huge believer in Lamar Jackson uh, from his time at Louisville, and I just thought, Patriots would uh, figure out a way and they didn't the Ravens figured them out and it capped a uh, fairly wild Sunday in the NFL Eight five five two one two four cbs is where you can jump in today for all intents and purposes the Bears season ended the Eagles put themselves in the driver's seat for the NFC East the Jets crumbled The Dolphins blew a shot at the number one pick. The Chiefs put themselves in the driver's seat for the two seed. Minshew mania crashed and burned. The Packers offense broke. Jameis went Jameis. Russ made history. And the Colts got more bad luck. That was a busy day in the National Football League. And oh yeah, by the way, everyone in America loves laughing at the Cleveland Browns. That'll happen. But the story is the Patriots as the undefeated team going down and going down fairly easily. That was a convincing dominant win by the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson completed 74% of his passes for 163 yards, one passing touchdown And then he ran the ball 16 times for 61 yards and another two scores. Lamar Jackson on the season has 12 touchdowns and five picks to go with five rushing touchdowns. So 17 touchdowns overall. He's completing a little bit less than 65% of his passes. And he's on pace to have, you know, a little over 3,000 yards passing and over 1,000 yards rushing. 1,200-something yards rushing, and he'll, he's going to be in that MVP conversation, but it's not going to be because his stats are the best, although he does have some historic games running the football. He already has three 100-yard rushing games this season, and he might set the record for rush attempts in a season by a quarterback this year, and he's arguably the best athlete to ever play quarterback. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's getting better and better at throwing the football, and yes, I saw Mike Vick, and yes, I saw Cam Newton, but Lamar Jackson 
his start and stop, his agility, his top line speed, his toughness. It's a rare, powerful, amazing combination. And if you're making an argument on technicality, like definition of the rule, value to team, it's pretty tough to come up with someone who is more valuable to their team's offense than Lamar Jackson is to his because they built the offense for him. They're zigging when the rest of the league is zagging. They're relying on the run. They're running RPOs, options, QB draws, QB power. Like they are, they truly built the offense in the image of their singular talent at quarterback. So if you took Lamar Jackson off the Ravens and put in RG3, it's a different system entirely. They're not just running the same system at less efficiency. So there's a real argument there for Lamar Jackson, and I'd have no problem with it. Now, the guy I'd say is MVP through the first half of the season is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has been spectacular. Came in with 17 touchdowns, one pick. Hung 40 today on Tampa. DJ Chark, Tyler Lockett, Metcalf. I mean... It is it is an impressive team to watch, and it's cool that they paid Russ and they lost some players on defense, and he has made the guys around him so much better. He's mobile, but he doesn't look to run. He looks to pass. He throws the ball downfield. He doesn't dink and dunk it. When he gets hit, he doesn't get hit hard because he protects himself. Like he He's a master craftsman at the position. And I think there's an argument he's the second best quarterback in football behind a healthy Pat Mahomes. I still would take Aaron Rodgers in terms of sheer talent. I'd rank it Mahomes, Rodgers, Russell Wilson right now in terms of pure talent at the position. But what he's doing with what he has around him and the limitations on their defense, I'd give my vote for MVP to Russell Wilson. Christian McCaffrey would be my offensive player of the year. He's got a shot at 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 20 all-purpose touchdowns. Very rare feat. But Seattle has been more impressive to me. What is fascinating about the Patriots, who just lost on Sunday Night Football, is how much did the Ravens just expose them to the rest of the league, or how much was this a singular occurrence because of the Ravens' unique skill set? Because the Patriots have a bye And then it's at Philly, who's rounding into form. Home against Dallas. At Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Home against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So they got four real games coming up. And they got to buy to think about what just happened. And so Belichick's got two weeks to take it out on Philly on the road. But I'll tell you this. I don't think the Patriots are winning the Super Bowl. They're really good. And the AFC probably goes through New England, and I've felt this way before, but it feels like their offense is more predictable because Brady is more mortal, and we'll see if Mohamed Sanu fixes these problems, but they don't have a guy who stretches the field, and they don't have a great running game. James White and Burkhead out of the backfield are very nice, and Edelman and Sanu are perfect. 
but they don't have an elite tight end and they don't have an elite running game and they don't have a great offensive line and they've got a quarterback who is doing everything he can to avoid hits. So they can't just hold him back there in the pocket and they don't want him to get hit. So everything has to be Dinkin and Duncan. They got down big and there were a few great throws from Brady. He made it interesting, but it didn't feel like that was a team that was equipped to win a shootout. And their defense normally, you would say, is going to be able to hold people. But listen to who the Patriots had beaten before the Raiders hung 37 on them tonight. Steelers, Dolphins, Jets, Bills, Washington, Giants, Jets, Browns. We're talking the worst teams in the NFL. We're talking the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Even though the Bills have a good record, they're not a good offense. These are bad, young quarterbacks. In some cases, backup quarterbacks that they've been beating up on. So I think the Patriots defense is good, but not historically great. Not the best defense that the Patriots have ever had. Their turnover numbers have been spectacular. But, you know, Josh Allen was throwing jump balls against them. Tough spot for Daniel Jones, right? Tough spot for Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. They were they were in a bad... Or did they get Luke Falk in that game? But uh, regardless, they've been turning over bums. And Lamar Jackson's no bum. That was a statement by the Ravens. And I think the Patriots will still be the one seed and it'll still go through Foxborough. But if you gave me Patriots or the field for the Super Bowl... I'd take the field. If you gave me Patriots or the field for the AFC, I'd probably take the field because you're giving me Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. So I think I'd take the field in both, the AFC and the league. 855-212-4CBS. You know how it is we do every Sunday night. Once Westwood 1 goes final and Sunday night football goes final, it's NFL postgame, baby. I watched all the games all day. Let's talk about your top takeaways. I've given you mine, and I'll work mine back in throughout the show. But it's time to talk. Let's do a little NFL postgame here. In Boston, Matt just watched his team get boat raced. Matt, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Danny? What up, man? Um, So, um, first of all, I give all the credit in the world to John Harbaugh, the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson. They earned the W tonight. But tonight... The Patriots went into Baltimore, and they wet the bed. And not only did they wet the bed, Danny, they made sure they did a really good job of it. And what I what I mean by that is, yeah. So I'm going to explain to you what they did tonight that defines it. All of the things, the little but- things, the fundamentals, you know, not jumping off sides, not committing boneheaded penalties or anything. They did all that. They paid tribute to the Cleveland Browns tonight. And this better be a one-time thing that they did tonight. Because if this transfers from the bye week onto that schedule that you mentioned down the stretch, not only will they not go to the Super Bowl, they won't even win a playoff game. And that's all I got. All right, appreciate the call, Matt. Um, thank you for explaining to me what wetting the bet is. Thank you. Um, listen, 
this isn't a sky is falling situation for the Patriots. They still have arguably the best defense and they have the best coach and they're going to have home field and Brady in a big game is terrifying. I'm not saying that they're not awesome. They're awesome. I'm not saying that if I was doing a power ranking, they wouldn't be the one seed. They would be. I just don't think the gap is nearly as big as people have made it out to be. And I've been saying that for the last few weeks when everyone's been going nuts for them. They're good. But this is not a historically great Patriots team on offense or defense. 855-212-4227 for your top NFL takeaways from the week. Jay is in Alaska. He's on the Danny Parkin Show. What's up, Jay? Thanks for holding. Hey, what's up, Parkin? Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, I don't think uh, that the Raiders have been getting enough love as far as, uh, with the with respect mostly to Derek Carr and to Gruden, everybody who was dogging that guy saying that that offense would not work, and you can see that Derek Carr is so comfortable in that offense, they finally got a legit running game, which they had last year with uh, Marshawn until he got hurt, and, you know, uh, he is playing so much better. I, I found out he was number one in passing attempted uh, in the league and his percentage. That offense is amazing, and I, I just wanted to get your take on why do you think they did not with the with the twenty two million dollars they have under cap uh, room? Why didn't they go after a guy like AJ Green or uh, Josh Gordon? I mean, could they, they could have got Josh Gordon for almost nothing. You know, I know they have five uh, of the top one hundred picks next year, but come on, man, if you give Derek Carr a guy who can legitimately take the top off the defense. Imagine how much more scary that uh, that offense would be. And by the way, thank you, Chicago. Thank you, Dallas, for taking away the two malcontents. The always hurt Amari Cooper and the non-effective Khalil Mack because his offense can't score any points. Wait, 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 Jay. The non-effective, the non-effective Khalil Mack. He was a first-team All-Pro. He was a first-team All-Pro. Games? No, because your offense can't score. He can't affect the score. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I thought you said you said thank you for taking away the non-effective Khalil Mack. So was he not effective for the Raiders when he was a back to where he was a defensive player of the year and he was a first team all pro at two different positions? Honestly, the last year he played with the Raiders, he was not that effective. That that defense was not that much. Do you better. think Khalil Mack is an awesome football player? Yes or no? I do think he's a great football player, but I think he has to be in the right system surrounded by other players. I don't think he's a difference maker all by himself, honestly. I don't, and I don't think he is worth quarterback money to pay on a defense when we clearly made great def- uh, uh, draft pick choices and all the players that we got this year. I think the Raiders are better off letting him walk away along with Amari Cooper, and we're playing better. You know, if Antonio Brown wouldn't have been such a bonehead, imagine how scary that offense would be. Listen, I appreciate the call. I think you are certifiably insane on Khalil Mack. Cleveland Farrell has not looked good so far, and I loved him coming out of Clemson. They used a first-round pick on Josh Jacobs, who's a running back, which he's been very good, but a running back doesn't hold a candle of the value of Khalil Mack, and the Raiders' pass rush has been lacking. So I think they're you're crazy on... Uh, Mac and frankly, I think Dallas did well in the Amari Cooper trade also, but the Raiders have great draft capital going forward. There's no question. And I said it earlier when I did uh, my 22 takes on the 22 teams that had played today to start the show before Sunday night football. Now 24 teams had played today and finished games. 
I, I was wrong on the Raiders. I thought the game had passed John Gruden by. I thought that he was going to be a complete joke and they were going to be a laughing stock. And they're the youngest, one of the youngest teams in the NFL this year. And I thought that they were destined for three wins and they beat the Broncos. They beat the Colts. They beat the bears. They beat the lions today. They're four and four and they've got a shot at a wild card in the AFC. That's way better than I thought the Raiders would be. And Derek Carr throwing to Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller. He's been very efficient. He has been solid. I Cannot take anything away from that. I still think this is a relatively low ceiling operation that we're looking at, if I'm being honest with you. But if they hit some serious home runs in these next couple of drafts, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe they just have bad luck that they're in the division with uh, Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, who I think are going to run off, you know, five or six straight there. But. I was wrong about the Raiders. They are not a dumpster fire. But Josh Gordon would not make them much better. I am not convinced Josh Gordon will make any team much better. Rooting for Josh Gordon, but I am very, very skeptical. As for A.J. Green, Bengals didn't want to trade him. Why? I have no idea. The NFL absolutely could use there being more trades the one thing that the league doesn't do well they don't do player transactions well it's obviously tough to change teams and learn a new scheme in the middle of the uh, season but it's not impossible it's tough for a quarterback to do it but we saw Antonio Brown come in in his first game with the Patriots really effective against the Dolphins we saw Kenyon Drake get traded first game with the uh, Cardinals really effective against the Niners best defensive line in the NFL you can pick up a system relatively quickly There should be more trades in the NFL. They should figure out a way to incentivize more trades, maybe work on the compensatory draft pick assignment, something like that. There should be more trades in the NFL, but I have no idea why the Bengals didn't trade AJ green. They say they're going to sign him. I think that's crazy, but he wants to be Larry Fitzgerald and play his entire career on one team. That's the guy he looks up to Fine, Good for him. I'd rather see him with a real quarterback. 855-212-4227. Your top takeaways from the day in the NFL And, uh, yeah, I got to do it again. Season ended for a team today that was a contender, and uh, it's not going to be pretty. It's coming up. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227, brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. You guys know anyone who's had the Popeye's chicken sandwich yet? They look so good. And I will admit, marketing's got me. I know like three or four people who have had it. They all say it's great. One person says it's overrated and he can make it for himself. So I guess when I said all, I three of the four say it's great. Popeye's is so good. I can't imagine it not being awesome. And you know how like when you... You're falling for something. You're falling for the jig, and you know it's happening, and you don't care anyway. That's going to be me tomorrow at like 1130 in the morning, waiting in a 14-car drive through line to get an $8 chicken sandwich. I just hate being on the outside of conversations like this. 
And I love chicken sandwiches. I love Popeyes. Which side am I going to get? Am I going to get the Cajun fries, the Cajun mashed potatoes, the red beans and rice? I don't know. Maybe I'll double up. Sue me. Yeah, I'm putting honey on the biscuit. What's it to you? But it's just, they introduced it. It got crazy reviews. They understocked it. And then it created scarcity, created demand. And now I feel like I'm the kid who's not at the cool party. I'm feeling like I'm the guy who, you know, was out of the country for the Game of Thrones finale and missed the big conversation. That happened to me too. I was in Barcelona for the Game of Thrones finale. Was I happy to be in Barcelona? Yes, I was. Was I upset I wasn't watching Game of Thrones in the same time? Yes, I was. Does that make me proud of my priorities in life? No, it doesn't. Here I am. But man, this sandwich looks so good. So if you've had the chicken sandwich and you want to let me know, I'd like another review. Darren in North Carolina, he's on the NFL postgame show that is the Danny Parkin show each and every Sunday night. Darren, we'll get to your NFL point in a second, but have you yet had the Popeye's chicken sandwich? No, I haven't. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Go ahead and make your football point then, but just know that I'll be thinking about food while you do. (laughs) All right. Uh, My my NFL point that I'm going to make is uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, he would have to be considered MVP. You know, the Carolina Panthers, everything goes through him. Fully, uh, he really—he's really the face of that franchise. And uh, the only other thing is, I was just going to get your whole take about it. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe that if Kyle Allen goes, since they did win, at, at, you know, against Tennessee today, I truly believe that if they, if they go into Lambeau next year, uh, next week, and 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 he wins, I I seriously think Cam Newton's done. So, but uh, definitely Christian McCaffrey, my NFL point. So here's the thing, and I appreciate the call. So Christian McCaffrey now has 13 combined touchdowns, right? Which is obviously awesome. And he feels to me like an obvious offensive player of the year guy. Like they won't win enough for him to be MVP, MVP usually goes to a quarterback and they'll split the apple and they'll say, well, we gave him offensive player of the year. Now there's still time. And if he does some crazy historic things and he continues it, you know, it's in play. Like what if he gets to 2,400 all purpose yards, like yards from scrimmage or something crazy like that? It's, it's possible. I'm not ruling McCaffrey out for MVP. It just overwhelmingly likely is going to go to a quarterback and he'll have a couple of stinkers. He's had some weird games. Like the game against Tampa was weird. Had 22 carries for 31 yards, but he had two touchdowns. You know, his bad games, he still gets in the end zone. First game against Tampa, 16 carries, 37 yards, two two catches, 16 yards, no touchdowns in that game. So he's had some weird games, but he's had monster games, and he's obviously been amazing, and he's obviously been the number one player in fantasy. I think he's got a shot at 20 touchdowns. He's got a shot at 2,000 yards from scrimmage. He's probably going to be offensive player of the year. 
As for the Cam Newton, Kyle Allen point, don't do your evaluation based on wins. Do it based on talent. If you're winning the games because of Kyle Allen, then you keep playing him. If you're winning the games in spite of Kyle Allen, you go to the player with the higher ceiling. But it seems like Cam Newton is still weeks away from being actually cleared to play. So I think Ron Rivera has been handling this very, very well. And partly it's because Cam already was polarizing and he wasn't playing well before the, the injury because he was playing with an injury. So everyone's not clamoring for him to go back and they're making this into a debate. But Cam Newton is much, 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 much more talented than Kyle Allen if he's fully healthy. They're not winning these games because of Kyle Allen. They're winning it because of their defense and because of Christian McCaffrey. So I'd go back to Cam Newton. But I understand why Panthers fans are loving this Kyle Allen wave. He's not exactly unleashing the passing game on a week-to-week basis. I have some crazy data, albeit admittedly imperfect data. This isn't exactly Pew Research quality, but it is data nonetheless to to show just how bad it's gotten for a quarterback in a major city. We'll get to that coming up. This is the Danny Parkin Show. All right, thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. 855-212-4227 is the number. We're going to get back to your calls in just a bit. I've given you thoughts on every NFL team that played today. We'll get your top takeaways in a minute. But I do afternoon drive here in Chicago. Greatest city in the world, 670 the score. And the Bears are plummeting towards rock bottom. Their playoff chances this year are over. If it weren't for the Falcons, they'd be the biggest disappointment in the NFL. But they're in the conversation with the Falcons, the Browns, the Bears. They are a dumpster fire of epic proportions. I want to read you five poll questions that I put out on Twitter at Danny Parkins. All of which have 2,000 votes or more in the last few hours. Who would be better for the Bears next week against the Lions? Mitch Trubisky or Tony Romo? Tony Romo got 88% of the vote. Who would be better for the Bears next week against the Lions? Mitch Trubisky or Jay Cutler? Jay Cutler got 85% of the vote. Who would be better for the Bears next week against the Lions? Mitch Trubisky or Colin Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick got 74% of the vote. There were also almost three times as many votes or two and a half times as many votes in the Kaepernick poll and way more responses because even the mere mention of his name triggers so many of you. Who would be better for the Bears next week against the Lions? Mitch Trubisky or Shane Falco? And yes, Shane Falco is Keanu Reeves' character in The Replacements. 79% of over 3,200 votes said Shane Falco would be better for the Bears next week against the Lions. Who would be better for the Bears to have a chance next week against the Lions? Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel? Chase Daniel got 75% of the vote. I didn't want to include Willie Beeman or Mox from Varsity Blues because I thought it would be unfair to Mitch Trubisky. So that's where we are here in Chicago. In case you're down on your team, 
Bears fans would rather have two broadcasters, an exiled player, a no-talent backup, and Keanu Reeves play quarterback next week for the Chicago Bears. So that's cool. 855-212-4CBS is the telephone number. Carlos in Sacramento, you go to the front of the line because you have a football take and a review of the Popeye's chicken sandwich. What's up, Carlos? Give me the review first. Okay, so thanks for taking my call here. Went to Popeye's today. Um, How long was your wait? About 30 minutes between the line and the wait. 30, 35 minutes. I stood in line about 20 minutes, waited about 10, 15 minutes for the sandwich. Incredible. Uh, seemed, yeah, I sat I, uh, sit in front of a lady who uh, who went the first time and she said I got to wait 40. I had to wait 45 minutes. It was crowded and busy and messy. This time it was a little bit more orderly. 30, 35 minutes. I was in line watching my, you know, watching football. So I, how was the sandwich? It was great. It was great. Not Chick Fil A. It's a step below Chick Fil A. Step below Chick Fil A. Step below. Okay, but step open below. on Sundays. Open on Sundays. Yeah. Okay. I still prefer well. Chick Fil A. Still prefer Chick Fil A. It's worth mm-hmm. it. Uh, go on a Sunday. You got your phone. You can watch your local game. That's what I did. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. not going during football, but you also don't. <laughs> you also don't host radio shows about the football games that you're watching. So that's a different. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we have we have different level of attention. We maybe need to be paying to it. But what's your football point? Thank you for the sandwich review. Yeah, the Patriots. Uh, like I was telling Nicole Schreiner there. I think it, this loss tonight says more about the Patriots and about both sides of the ball and the defense side of the ball. Is they can't stop the run, and that's scary. That's scary. Teams, and they, you know, when the when the weather gets cool or colder, uh, you have those January games. If they can't stop the run, going to Foxborough won't be all all that daunting. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they get no production from the tight end spot at all. They've they've been trying things, and but there's no there's you know, and Sanu is new, and Edelman with the fumble tonight. It's like on the, they've got some issues, but again, you've got Tom Brady, so you can kind of sort of hide things. But uh, I think it says more about them. But yeah, I, listen, I I appreciate the telephone call. I don't want to take it away from the Ravens tonight. That's a marquee win for Lamar Jackson in his career. Like that game meant more to the Ravens than it did the Patriots. Right, That's a measuring stick game for the Ravens at home. Sunday night football, young quarterback, gets serenaded with MVP chances. He comes off the field. I don't, I don't want to take away from the Ravens by saying it's more about Patriots problems than Ravens successes. But just analyzing the Patriots, I do think that they got fat and happy, at least in terms of public opinion, based off of beating bad teams. I think it's going to be miserable for them over the bye with Belichick and Eagles, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Texans as their next four, not in that order, but those are the next four teams. We'll see just how good the defense is. I do agree with you that they're a better pass defense than run defense, and so the Ravens are a particularly bad matchup, whereas the Chiefs are not as bad of a matchup because they're not committed to running the ball and they're not a great running team. But I still want to see them. I want to know how good of a pass defense they are when they play a great quarterback. Let's see if Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes can pick them apart because good offense beats good defense a lot of times in this NFL, and Andy Reid especially has been able to score against Belichick. He hasn't beaten him in those big playoff spots, 
but he always hangs yards and points on the board against them. So I don't think going into Foxborough is going to be nearly as daunting as many are making it out to be. 855-212-4CBS is the telephone number. Dynamite in Atlanta is on the Danny Parkins show. What's up, Mike? What's going on, man? Chilling. How are you, sir? Have you had the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Man, I did have the sandwich. And you know what? I'm going to just say this, man. Mediocre at best. I waited in line for like an hour. Um, it didn't have like the special sauce on it. My bread was kind of too toasted. I was a little disappointed, man. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Certainly not worth 40 minutes for a fast food chicken sandwich. Definitely not. Definitely not. Hey, man, but listen, I got one question for you. Well, it's actually like a two-part question. So okay. let's say let's say Arthur Blank fired um, Thomas Dimitrov and basically hired you and gave you literally keys to the bins to do whatever you want. What would you do to fix the Falcons? And part B of that, would you basically just trash the whole thing and start over from scratch? All right, I appreciate the call on the sandwich review, and I would love to take that job. I think I would do very well in Atlanta. Um, well, the first thing I'd do is fire Dan Quinn because he's a defensive coach and the defense is awful. So I'd fire Dan Quinn yesterday. Then I'd call Lincoln Riley and I'd say, I know you want, I know you got a good gig at Oklahoma. And I know everyone says you want the Cowboys gig, but are you interested in coaching in a dome in a division where Drew Brees doesn't have much time left and we got a former MVP and arguably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL? I'm willing to give you $10 million a year. I'd I'd make Lincoln Riley say no. If Lincoln Riley said no... It gets more complicated. I would look at Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. I think he has the right personality, dynamic, and pedigree. Might be a year too soon. And I would do a wide, expansive search for other offensive coaches. I don't know who it would be at this moment. You got a lot of time left, but I know I'd fire Dan Quinn and I know that I would look for an offensive coach as to would I tear the entire thing down? No. Matt Ryan was awesome last year. So I'd be on the lookout for his replacement every year because I believe you should draft a quarterback every single year in the NFL draft in some level in some round and develop him. That's what the Patriots were doing and that's how they drafted and developed Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Now, neither of them is starting for their franchise because Tom Brady is ageless, but I would employ that thing, that mindset. I cannot believe Dan Quinn hasn't been fired yet. I was told by someone who's an NFL insider last week, media guy, Benjamin Albright, he said on one of my shows that everyone knows Quinn's getting fired. Arthur Blank's not even hiding the fact that Quinn's getting fired. But if he fires him now, he's got to have one of his assistants do two jobs. And if he's going to have to pay him anyway, may as well let him coach out the string. That's an odd justification to keep a head coach around. But bottom out, get a top five pick, 
get a defensive player because my God, is that front seven pathetic and uh, draft a defensive player in the top five, unless there's a quarterback you love, but I think Matt Ryan has years of good football left. So I would draft the top defensive player available, hire the best offensive coach available and try to make one more run with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Good question. Good sandwich review. I appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Jimbo in Vegas. Jimbo, got to make it quick. You're on the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for calling. Dan, I'll be real quick. I love the replacement, and I love being petrified. And my favorite character is Bateman in that movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, listen, that, that, that movie is amazing. Very rewatchable. But, you know, but draft picks and trades, I tell you what, it's an upset stomach type of job when it comes to drafting. And, and I was telling the, the, the producer that let me on, I mean, Russell Wilson was drafted third. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. So I, I, I have no idea exactly what to say, but it's difficult. But these draft choices are involved in trades at the same time. You know, that's part of the, part of the movement. Khalil Mack trade with the Raiders allowed Josh Jacobs to be on the Raiders. So, you know, it's such a give and take. And I like your take on Gruden because, you know, you thought maybe his time was passed. And I was hey, Jimbo, I got to run, man. But, yeah, oh. the, Raiders are, the Ra- Raiders have proved me wrong. There's no question about it. We'll continue to get your top takeaways from the NFL. We got last but not least coming up on the other side. And there is a team that I think can win the Super Bowl that most people are not giving credit to. I'll tell you who it is coming up. Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 